when it comes to advice, ask how, right? So how does it make you feel? How does it give you more control? How does it best serve you and others? If you're going to get advice, you get to ask yourself how. Is that what you're intending here? Yeah, I, it's very important um, to know that when you're giving advice, how does it make you feel to be the one with that knowledge? How does it make you feel to have that expertise? How does giving that advice kind of cement your role in whatever dynamic it is? How does, um, how does it actually, I, I think what I've, I've loved hearing this phrase and maybe it was used a lot uh, prior to the Black Lives Matter movement, but it was in the Black Lives Matter movement that I heard the phrase um, intention aligned impact come really, really out of the blue, just really make a stand. And I think that would be my phrase for the last question you have here on the bottom of your screen. How does it best serve you and others? You may have an intention. Is it actually leading towards the impact you want or is it the intention that you wish created the impact you have in your head. Like it's <laughs> very important. <laughs> I, mean, I, I twist it some ways, <laughs> um, but it, it's important to know like, ah, I'm not just, I don't just have this intention and I'm doing what I think is right because it feels good. No, I actually, this is about serving somebody else. So I need to make sure that when I'm giving this, it's answering their needs, not mine. Yep, because they asked you for the advice, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, and then you're asking like, how does it make you feel? Like you drilled down in another conversation about like, it sounded like it made you feel like the coach. It made you feel like the mm. proud big sister, like ha ha ha, I'm smarter than you, right? <laughs> so checking in, yeah. like, oh, you know, how does this make me? feel to be giving this advice right because sometimes somebody's asking for advice and you have zero experience with what they're going through and it makes you feel really icky man yeah like imposter syndrome icky <laughs> like, that's horrible that's well, horrible when someone asks like they clearly are in pain and yeah. you're just like this is just like, like, this is just, out of my I, I can't help you. It's not even out of your lead. It's just like, sometimes there are just things out of your control. And what I want to do is I want to help you not feel bad, but sometimes feeling bad is what will prevent you from feeling worse in the future. Like yeah. life is filled with ups and downs. And if you start saying there's no such thing as a down, I will never experience it. Then you cut the platform here and guess what? Your highs aren't as high. Yeah, it's just very interesting to me um, to think about the fact that why are we helping? Is it because we want the other person not to feel bad? Yeah, that's a very real drive. It's not always about I want to feel good by stopping somebody else's pain. Right. It's not always that. Sometimes yeah. it mixes. Sometimes it's balanced. But right. I, I just think it's important to be able to identify: Am I leading more with this, or am mm -hmm. I leading more with trying to help you? But it reminds me of like a strategy session where, you know, you've offered to help someone with just like one thing, you know, mm -hmm. and, um, and you help them with more than that. The person leaves you thinking they're okay now, if you will. 
<laughs> you know, and you, you've given them false information. So, you know, you've basically hurt them and then you don't have a client. So you've basically hurt yourself in the process. Right. So yeah. Interesting. That's funny that you mentioned that because, um, one of my clients, I, I work with coaches for the most part doing copywriting, little plug, <laughs> yeah, right? but, uh, I work with coaches for the most part. And it's very interesting looking at the different styles and the styles that I feel are most potent are those where they don't have the answers. They don't. What they're willing to do is journey with you and explore different possibilities. Mm -hmm. And I think that is one of the key features that I found in a lot of the coaches who I've really enjoyed working with is that if you ask them a question, they're, they're not going to be like, oh, well, that's because of trauma and that's because of this. And I mean, this obviously happened in your childhood, blah, blah, blah. Because that leads to what you said, Linda, that leads to the patient feeling like, well, I know that the reason that I, I migrate towards um, men who are overly controlling is because uh, my dad did this and this, and this is why this is, and I know that now, so I'm free. Like, it, it's like this, and cool, now that I know this, um, I guess what am I I'm supposed to do with it? <laughs> as I'm still withering inside, but yeah, I'm cured, right? I guess. But, but, uh, but. Yeah. Um, so, it, yeah, I think asking, or at least sitting with and taking the real time to contemplate, oh, beyond my expertise, maybe, maybe I am someone who is all about stress and that's uh, the science of stress. Everything's about stress. Even if I know the likely trigger of the stress, for my client, I think it would be, it's important to allow that space. They ask a question, they say something and you just go, you know, that's really interesting. I hadn't thought about it that way. I would love for you to, the, what I'm wondering about is this area right here. What do you think about this? Get them to get more detailed into the different areas that are causing them problems. Yep. Because be they, exactly. When they come up with their own solution, when we come up with our own solution, it's that much stronger, especially if you've had someone there building you up in learning and figuring out how you can stand on your own. And knows your story because sometimes mm. people just like don't get it right because they don't. Yeah. I mean, they don't have that backstory. And of course, coaches aren't going to let you go into your story either, you know, on top of it. But just to know, know your journey story and know your backstory, yeah. of, you know, how you ended up. Um, what your patterns are so you know you can take it like, oh like this is a new pattern because in the past you would have reacted this way and now you're reacting this way why do you mm -hmm. think that is right and then they go oh I've really gained confidence or you know they can yeah. self-talk which is really cool too. yeah although I will say uh who is Carl Rogers Oh, I hope I didn't mess that up. Was he the humanist style psychologist? I'm not know. quite sure. But there was one man who pioneered this very human, although it, it kind of irritated me when I learned about it in psych, because all he would do is you say something and then he would return that statement to you in the form of a question. I'm like, ah, okay, we can move the conversation forward. We can yes and this a bit more than what he was doing with his version of therapy. Because right. if you're just re-asking me the questions I ask you, I'm going to be like, oh, that is a really great teaching tool, though. And, <laughs> and I was in, um, I had a Kumon math and reading mm -hmm. franchise. 
And when oh, the kids, okay, I think they, I did that when I was younger. Oh, okay. When yeah. the kids would come up and ask a question, I would ask train to ask them a question mm-hmm. back, and that was so powerful. Um, no, it definitely is. It's just knowing the place and time, right? Because if you have a full oh, yeah. session, that's all that, and they're like, "No, I really don't know." So what do you really not know? Like it's at a certain point, it's moving the conversation forward. Oh right? yeah, no, that would send me to the moon. Yeah, it was funny watching those videos. Yeah. Um, and that and really ramps up yeah. a person's pain. I was just chatting um, actually with Jennifer Beats about that because that mm. really just keeps ramping up a person's pain at, instead of just, you know, grabbing hands and, and, and like the way I coach, you know, we do it yeah. together. I don't like give you a, homework assignment and then you come back and I go so why don't you have that done you know like Mm -hmm. we are busy right and and women we we don't always tap into our masculine so to have another woman come alongside hold space for the masculine and actually you're doing it together and then you're splitting up like okay I'm gonna do this part um Mm -hmm. you know they pick what they their part you know okay this makes no sense this this will be the easiest you know whatever. And then you just go off. It gets done every time. No accountability partners. Um, everybody's just moving forward, moving forward. It's, it's really powerful. And like, I don't know anybody who coaches like that. a hands-on coach. Really? I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. <laughs> and it's what I it's a delicate do. balance. It's definitely a delicate balance and knowing that there's no rule for it. It's just as soon as you fade into, I know what's going on you're going to be missing the mark because then you're listening to your ego. You're listening to your knowledge. You're listening to what you're going to throw on top of every other person. I ran across a coach who at first I was really impressed by um, his theory and the way in which he approached the work at a certain point I, I got on a call and I was just like, Oh man, you were very assumptive and knowing like you just knew before I even asked the question. And to me, every single person is unique. So while we might have common through lines, we might have common patterns. And I do feel that we can empathize with each other, even beyond different circumstances, not completely, but we can try our best. I knew that he wasn't hearing me. He wasn't hearing my intention. He wasn't necessarily hearing my emphasis. He, He was coming in, providing me the answers, which... The guru. They were to questions I wasn't asking. Took the guru Um, position. (laughs) Exactly. That was exactly it. So again, there's many different people who need many different stages of support. Some people might need the guru at a certain point. Some people might need that support and comfort and safe place. Some people might need the person who's like, that's BS move. Like, so it's just knowing that and you do such a great job of being able to identify like, let's sit with this feeling right now. You're, you're trying to run a little bit too fast. Okay, now we can transform. Now we can fuse that into a better technique. Thank you. Yeah. All right. And so how does it best serve you and others? Like you were saying, like that coach was so not serving you. And when it doesn't serve you, it doesn't serve others, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Any more you want to say there? (sighs) I would just wrap up with how does it best serve you and others? Uh, If it's really just, you're going to be cutting off your, 
the way I'm seeing it, the cords that connect you to the world, that connect you to people. You, every time you give advice and not only is it advice that isn't hearing their contradictions, that isn't hearing them. Yeah. You're just imposing your will onto somebody. Not even, I don't mean forcefully in terms of sure. physical, because this was all virtual, right? This is all 2020 quarantine. Right. But, um, but it is going to create that disconnect. Yeah. And it's fascinating. I work most on LinkedIn. And what I found for the most part is that people are interested in conversation. They're interested in um, adding rather than, oh, what was it? One of my uh, friends on LinkedIn, his name's Hugo Donat, amazing productivity coach. That's his niche. Um, uh -huh. And what he said about LinkedIn is that, and I might be saying this wrong, but that it's about accountability, not being argumentative. It's about, it's additive, not argumentative. That's what it is. Okay. And I think that that applies to this idea of giving advice as well, because it's not argumentative. It's not coming in conflict. Because as soon as you're starting to say you're wrong, it's not advice. It's you being right versus wrong. Again, so once, well, exactly. So once you move into this area of, okay, this is about meeting you in your needs, in your context, with your upbringing, which is a lot. We can't get it right. We can't get it right all the time. At a minimum, just be there. Just be there and don't try to impose your brain, your ideas on them. Give them yeah. that open space to just express whatever they want. And when you feel like talking, if you don't, like you had mentioned earlier, Linda, if you don't have that specific expertise or experience, okay. just breathe and just be there with him. Yeah. That sucks. That I don't sucks. Know, know no, the most healing story of my life, but I lost my father to suicide. And then um, I didn't cry for like a month. And my friend was in the house and she came in like, Linda, Linda, Linda. And I'm like, <clears throat> the moral breath goes off. And I just yeah. was like, I can't take anymore. And I started crying and then I didn't stop. And my mom ended up, my friend ended up leaving because she didn't know what to do with me. And oh. my mom ended up saying goodbye to her and then coming to me. And then she found me in my father's closet. Hence <laughs> my memoir. Yeah. And um, I just forgot the smell of his clothes. And I found myself in his closet wanting to smell his clothes. And so my mom sent me to um, uh, uh, to church to a pastor whose wife had committed suicide. And we just sat, there was a couch in his office and we just sat on the couch and said nothing. It was the most healing time I've ever had in my entire life. And I'm 64 years old. <laughs> it really had an impact. And then eventually we were just kind of bringing up fond memories and stories and even having a few good laughs, you know? It, it's incredible which is like that taking a breath or just just being together with someone in silence can be just as healing as all the world words in the world. I mean, thank you for sharing that story. And I, I think that that's such a perfect example of meeting someone where they're at. Like if, if that, um, it, what was the pastor's name? Or if that female pastor, if she had- It wasn't female, come in, it was a male. Or, Oh, okay. His if, wife had oh, gotcha. Yeah. If, if he had come in and started being like, I know that it can feel like this and you're probably going through this right now. Oh, One of those sort of conversations and I'm a in teenager which it's, going, yeah. 
exactly. <laughs> Especially if he's like, I know you're going through this. And it's like, uh, you just met me and you but didn't even ask me it. anything. What are you talking about? But I especially find when people are in a really delicate area, like there's a lot of emotions. Um, I found that it's better not to come in with a fix. It's those emotions need to be processed first. So it's better to just resonate with some, be like, oh man, I, I know I don't, I don't fully understand it, but I'm feeling it. And that does not feel good. I am sorry that you have to go through this and just kind of being there for them. And yep. then you can move into, well, why do you, let's examine this. Why do you think that this happened? What was this? something that had anything to do with you is this a pattern like let's move through this and then we can move into okay for asking if they'd like to move through this too yeah right? yeah, yeah, yeah yeah again yeah and of course this depends on your relationship like if you don't know for? them if yeah. you don't if this is a stranger on the street like of course ask if they're okay first you know yeah. ask if they want anything yeah because who are you to come in and just grant them this advice that you've yeah. learned is what that would be insane. Just, I mean, I don't have, I know that I feel pretty confident in my ability to read a situation. Oh, that yeah. doesn't mean that I would know the advice for a stranger that I just met who I don't know their family life. I don't know their mental health. I don't know anything about them. Yeah. Yeah. And we get to be careful when we do ask for advice or feedback because if you just say, especially like I learned that as um, like an author, you know, to, or if you've written something to just say, can you give me feedback to be super specific of what feedback mm. you want? Is it yeah. finding the stupid edits? Is it ha asking them to take a look at the kind of the whole content editing? You know, is it all, are all the dots connected like overall? Yeah. Like, what are you really needing? Um, feedback is not enough words. Um, you're gonna, you're gonna get hurt. You're gonna get yeah. what you don't want. Yeah, it's that is such a perfect example, Linda. I mean, even as a copywriter, let's say, and I'm sure you and I have both had that experience. You write something, and you're like, oh, I just love to get your thoughts on this. And they go through, and it's like, well, this didn't make sense, and this didn't make sense to me, and this didn't make sense. And you're like, ah, right, you weren't my audience, and I didn't tell you what I was thinking oh, about. Oh, yeah, that's so the you other just, thing. Like, oh, oh. Do not take it to your family. <laughs> right? oh. Oh, do you know Stephen King's book on writing? Have you? Have you? No, yet? no. Oh man, it's so good. I learned so much. <laughs> and he okay. says, he says. Um, right with the door closed and then right with the door open and what he means is he comes out and his trusted you know editor mm -hmm. if you will is his wife first glance you know is always his wife and she's like like what do you mean somebody grabbed so-and-so grabbed the pistol off the mantle like <laughs> why was a pistol on the mantle I mean you'd have a <laughs> rifle hanging over a fireplace but a pistol on a mantle? Yeah, right. And he goes back, shuts the door, and writes with the door closed. Right with the door closed. Right with the door open. Right with the yeah. door closed. <laughs> and it's, I mean, it's important to know who your audience is and who's going to... This is from the other side of things. When you're asking for advice, like, you got to know who you're asking and why. This advice goes both ways. 
the advice I'm giving to ask and ask for advice. Uh, it goes both ways because if you are just searching for validation or a way out of like not knowing what to do right now, yeah, then anything that anybody else says isn't actually going to make you feel better because the work still needs to be done. Yeah, you still aren't going to be satisfied because they don't know your brain and the intention that you have. Right. But it's also because you maybe haven't sat with it enough or in the fear and the procrastination and the stress of it all, of the not being perfect. Mm -hmm. um, and so you're like, oh, can you just tell me what to do? Can you just share your <laughs> thoughts? Can you just like, like what do you think I should? Cop out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it's sometimes it is one of those things where you get a mental block and it's like, it would be good to have a second pair of eyes on this to well, see maybe their brain. Yeah, they just say a bunch of shit and you're like, nope, 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 nope. Exactly. <laughs> At but least it, you're yeah. one step further or three or four or five no's further to what you really do want or what, you know, what your decision really will be. Sometimes it helps. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it.